Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 3rd, 2017. My name is Phil prosper I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I want to welcome you back to a more normal episode of today's podcast. We're going to have a couple quick things to get to today uh, after a fun day of playoffs. Uh, be sure to go check out Locked On Celtics for the reaction from Isaiah Thomas's incredible game, as well as check out Reaction from, ben, uh, I believe it's Ben Standick that does Locked On Wizards. Uh, and, of course, uh, Danny LaRue with Locked On Warriors. And, uh, of course, uh, our, our founder, David Locke, with Locked On Jazz to recap last night's playoff action. The best place to get your playoff reactions around the NBA is on the Locked On Podcast Network where every team has a podcast uh, covering their team day-to-day. So you go straight to the source for that. For, on the Magic front, we're still doing our player evaluations. We're going to play some catch-up after taking yesterday to talk more specifically about the GM search with Keith Smith of Real GM. Highly encourage you to go back into the archives on Audioboom, iTunes, Stitcher, Tune, and all the fun places you download podcasts and go back and listen to that hour-long conversation that we had with Keith uh, about the Magic's GM search, where it's at, where it might be headed, uh, what they're looking for, and kind of what the general situation is with the Magic. Uh, good conversation, I-, I thought, and so definitely go and check that out. I have a little bit of a, a GM nugget to talk about to kick off today's show, and we're going to continue our player evaluations as well as we talk about two guards in Evan Fournier and DJ Augustin. But let's dive right into the big news. Um, other than the fact that pretty much every top prospect is not going to the NBA Draft Combine, um, I actually think that's a good thing for the Magic uh, in that uh, they can now focus their attention at the Draft Combine on the guys that they could take at 25 and 35 and possibly 33 um, the Magic do have uh, that that second first round pick that they that they're going to have to research and figure out who they're going to take and, and and what kind of players they're looking for there. And obviously, when you get lower in the draft, it's a much wider range of players that you can take. And of course, they have potentially two second round picks in the top five and the top five of the second round. So you can still get some pretty good players, some first round talent uh, early in that second round. So I think it's good that the Magic will be able to focus their draft combine on those players rather than focusing on the top guys who we all know and will begin to differentiate as uh, they come in for individual workouts and interviews, whether it's with Matt Lloyd or some here to unknown general manager. Like I said, there was a little bit of a general manager nugget to get to on to on a Tuesday. I forget what date was there for a second. Um, and, and that came to us from the News Herald uh, just outside of Cleveland. Um, it was a uh, interesting. I mean, there's a interesting bit of theater going on right now in Cleveland. Uh, as I've noted here, when we've talked about the general manager search, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers general manager David Griffin is set to become a free agent at the end of the season. Essentially, his contract expires, and as Brian Windhorst of ESPN.com reported, there has been very little progress on. 
there's been a there's been very little progress on getting a new deal done. And the smoke has started to build, and we've talked about it time and time again in the last few weeks, and so I'll get to how this developed further. The smoke is building that the Magic are going to make a serious push for David Griffin, the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you can add a little more flames to that fire and, and, and start really seeing the smoke billow with what a league source told Jeff Trudell of the Cleveland News-Herald. He said, quote, I think David Griffin is going to be the general manager of the Orlando Magic next season, a league source said May 1st at the queue before the Cavaliers demolished the Toronto Raptors 116-105 in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Best of 7 semifinal series. Even if he doesn't have the title present, he'll be running the show. Again, it's just one person's opinion and prediction. It's, you know, it's unknown who it is, where it's coming from, or anything like that. I'm not going to call into question Trudell's reporting. I share it because it's starting to feel like there is a lot of writing on the wall that Griffin's going to split with the Cavs, and with the Magic, the only open GM job at the moment, the Magic are a legitimate landing spot. Considering all the reporting that's out there about this, from Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders, reporting it a few weeks ago to, to initially kind of plant the seeds publicly that David Griffin was a legitimate candidate, to Adrian Wojnarowski of the Vertical confirming that interest, to uh, Brian Winhorst of ESPN.com reporting on Friday that the Magic were prepared to offer David Griffin the moment they could, essentially, their, their, front off, their lead front office job or their lead basketball operations job. This only further fuels that fire, that the Magic are indeed interested, and it would seem that there might be some mutual interest should things change. My perception is still that this is all negotiating tactics, that these things are leaking out to to the press to get Cleveland to come, to get Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavaliers, to come to the table and begin negotiating. LeBron James supports David Griffin. Uh, Shadell t- asked Teron Liu before Game 1 about Griffin's contract status, and Liu had nothing but praise for the job Griffin's done to make sure that he gets the players that they need, essentially. That they get, uh, if they lose shooting or they lose, they lost Vergel, they went out and got Timothy Moskov. They needed some extra shooting, they went out and got J.R. Smith. Uh, say what you want about Griffin having LeBron James, and he has LeBron James. He still built a championship team. That deserves some credit, and he's done it with very few resources available to him. you got to give him credit for the way he's managed the cap and been able to make trades to, to get things done and bring in players that will contribute to a championship team. At this point, we don't really know what's true. The Magic will not be able to interview David Griffin or talk to him without the Cavaliers' permission until after Cleveland's season ends. And judging by Cleveland, we're expecting them to make the finals. That would leave, you know, if it came down to it, that would leave the Magic interviewing and hiring Griffin with about a week before the NBA draft. A big decision in the team. And it's not that Griffin isn't doing draft prep, he probably isn't doing draft prep on the absolute top guys. The guy that's going to be a major piece of this franchise moving forward. Again, 
Griffin, to me, is, I think, a really solid candidate and a guy that the Magic should absolutely pursue. But at the same time, I also kind of think the Magic shouldn't wait if they're not sure they can get him. I'll have a little bit more on that on tomorrow's episode is is my plan. But for now, it feels like the smoke is there. There does appear to be a fire. There does appear to be legs to this rumor. And we're just going to have to read the tea leaves until we get some more solid action. Of course, if you want to know a little bit more about this discussion, um, Keith and I, Keith Smith of Real GM and I did talk at length about David Griffin, some of his qualifications, uh, and some of uh, the responsibility that he might have as a director, uh, bas- uh, president of basketball operations, as well as the situation that he would be coming into with the Magic on the podcast yesterday. So head on up to iTunes, Audible, Stitcher, tune in wherever you download your podcast and download yesterday's podcast. It's not labeled with the date. It's Orlando Magic Daily Podcast, episode 68, uh, searching through the, you know, shift, sifting through the D- GM search. I forget what I titled it, uh, with Keith Smith of Real GM. Great conversation all about the GM. Highly suggest you go download that today and uh, and uh, kind of get caught up with where the Magic are at and what the Magic are looking for as the GM search hits a very serious phase now that the first round of the playoffs is over and NBA draft prep is about to kick into high gear. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 before we get to NBA draft prep next week, though, and we'll have plenty on the NBA draft and, and, and the players that the Magic will be looking at, we're going to continue our player evaluation series, kind of get wind down through that. We're almost done with all the starters. There's a few guys left that we need to talk about, and one of them is the Magic's leading scorer last year in Evan Fournier. Fournier, uh, what it, Fournier, what's there to say about Evan Fournier? I mean, I think that he is a good player for what he does. Um, he averaged 17.2 points per game last year, career high, 43.9 field goal percentage, 35.6 from beyond the arc, 50.8 effective field goal percentage, career high 3.0 assists, you know, some solid numbers for Evan Fournier by his standards. His efficiency went down, uh, and his role was very different than what it had been before. The Magic asked Evan Fournier to be something that he may not really be. And you could tell by the shooting numbers, his efficiency went down. And just like everyone else, he was hurt by the offense's inherent problems. He was one of the only shooters on the team. And he struggled just like everyone else did. Essentially, when the Magic came into the season... Or really, even in the offseason, they they had something of a decision to make. And maybe it was a false dichotomy that, 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 that we created. But essentially, everyone kind of believed the Magic were going to pick between Evan Fournier and Victor Oladipo. They could only keep one. Victor Oladipo was due a big extension. He was expected to ask for the max from the Magic. Evan Fournier was a restricted free agent. The Magic could really only keep one. And they kind of made their decision in trading Oladipo 
to the Thunder for Serge Ibaka, that they were going to be committed to Evan Fournier as their shooting guard for now. Fournier last year kind of proved that he could do that. He was pretty efficient, good scorer, good at attacking gaps on rotations. You give him someone who can create in the initial attack, and he's going to attack on that sec- on that kind of secondary attack off ball reversals. That's where Fournier was really, really good. That's not the team the Magic had, though. The team the Magic had called for Evan Fournier to be one of the main ball handlers, to be the main creator on offense, to be a guy that was a main driver and generator of shots. And I think one of the big problems that the Magic faced is seen in some of the struggles that Fournier had all year. They simply asked guys to do more than they were capable of. And it's not that they shouldn't have tried to see if Fournier could do a little bit more. Absolutely. Young players should be willing to take on more and willing to test and push push their games to their limits. And I think Fournier did that this year. But to do that in a year that had so much demand on it and to be one of the many risks for the team that failed, that didn't come through at least, Fournier didn't live up to that. Sure, the raw stats say he had 17.2 points per game. But he shot 43.9%, 35.6% from beyond the arc. He turned the ball over significantly more. It seemed like he was kind of driving wildly into the lane at times and putting up inefficient shots instead of being able to drive and create for others. Even though his assists were career high, it wasn't always consistent for him to to build that kind of play. And so Fournier's case is very much one of a guy who's asked to do too much. It's not that Evan Fournier is a bad player. It's not even that Evan Fournier had a bad season. It's just that the Magic asked him to do more than he's capable of for a winning team. And of course, that trickles down to the rest of the roster. Evan Fournier is going to be a part of this team. I think that his contract, first season, the first year of an $85 million deal, a four-year $85 million deal, so he'll be entering his second year coming up. His contract is just going to be very tough to move. So he's going to be a part of this team next year, more likely than not. And I think it's important if the Magic want to get the most out of Fournier that they find a primary attacker, that they lessen some of that creation burden on Fournier. Because as we learned in the 2016 season, where Evan Fournier is really, really good, is in attacking gaps in the defense. Where he was really good in 2016 was when Victor Oladipo or Alfred Payton would come around the screen, get into the paint, cause the defense to collapse a little bit, kick it out to Fournier. Fournier can attack off the pass while the closeout's coming, give a pump fake, or hit a three. Fournier was really good at that. But because of the way the Magic's roster was constructed and the lack of space that that provi- it provided him, he couldn't attack in that effective manner anymore. He had to force things. And Fournier is not the kind of shot creator 
who can force things. He's really smart and cerebral on the pick and roll. But he is not a downhill, bury his head into someone's chest and get a shot off. That's not his game. He's not a one-on-one player. That's not his game. And yet, whether it was by design or by Fournier's own fault, that's the kind of player he tried to be. And that's not an effective Evan Fournier. So when we look back at a season, it's very simplistic and easy to say. Orlando had faith in Fournier that he could be more than he was. And he was probably more than he was in 2016. Again, not to say he didn't advance himself in 2017. But he wasn't what the Magic needed him to be at the end of the day. The Magic asked him to do too much. And Fournier tried. Tried to a fault. But he wasn't that answer. And that doesn't even get into his defense His defense was spotty at best. He's a willing defender. He's he's not trying. He struggled defensively. And that was something that was a bit of a concern. And and I think with Fournier too, it, it became clear that he was something of a tweener. Where he's too... too kind of big and slow. Like he's not... He doesn't have great lateral quickness to begin with. He's too too slow-footed to guard quicker shooting guards, but he's not big and strong enough to guard bigger small forwards. And I think that's also kind of a long-term problem that the Magic have to be at least cognizant of moving forward as they try to build. And it kind of came down to it at the end of the season. A lot of people were saying, and I don't know if I necessarily disagree with this, but a lot of people were kind of saying he just might be a sixth man on a good team. And that might be true. He certainly, again, isn't the first option like he was this year. Let's do another player evaluation, kind of catching up on on these is on these after after Tuesday's or Tuesday's episode. Uh, DJ Augustin, another big, you know, veteran player that the Magic brought in. He was actually the first free agent signing that was announced uh, on uh, during during the free agent period, uh, and he. Was someone the Magic expect to come and play the backup role? Wasn't expected to really challenge Alfred Payton. I think I at the time when the Magic signed him, I described him as someone who could push Alfred Payton without overtaking him. Augustin is a career backup. That's that's always that's kind of been that's kind of the role he's carved out. He's a good scorer, not necessarily kind of a playmaker distributor type, but a good scorer uh, and someone who can kind of keep things steady off the bench and. For the most part, that's what he did. But it wasn't a good offensive season for DJ Augustin. I, I, I think there's no getting around that. He averaged 7.9 points per game, 2.7 assists per game, shot 34.7% from beyond the arc, 37.7% from the floor. Not a great offensive season for Augustin. Uh, it was his first time scoring fewer than 10 points per game uh, since... Uh, first time scoring fewer than 10 points per game since the uh, since last year, actually. So he averaged 7.5 last year. Actually averaged 11.6 with the Nuggets in the second half of the season. But um, Augustin's kind of always had an up-and-down career. He either fits what you're doing or he doesn't fit what you're doing offensively. Um, you're not signing him for his defense. 
his defense was bad, as as expected. Um, he really struggled on that end. Uh, and the Magic needed his shooting. They needed they needed his ability to space the floor and create shots for himself. And they got that at times. It, again, it wasn't that Augustin was bad all the time. He was okay. He wasn't great. Um, but again, the Magic probably needed a little bit more from him off the bench to kind of run that second unit um, because the second unit was just so ragged all season long. What's going to be really interesting with DJ Augustin moving forward is how the Magic decide to use him. Augustin is, he's speedy in the half court, but he's not a push the ball down the court type of point guard. He is a, he's a pound the ball into the dirt a little bit and, uh, and try and create in the half court, try and break you down off the dribble that way. Um, he's not a get out and transition, and that's really borne out in how he played before and after the All-Star break. Before the All-Star break, he averaged 8.4 points per game and 3.0 assists per game and 20.7 minutes per game, shot 39.1% and 36.1% from beyond the arc. Pretty solid player. 106. The Magic had a 106 offensive rating with him on the floor, according to basketball reference. So, pretty solid when the Magic were playing kind of a slow-it-down game, running a lot of pick-and-rolls, allowing him to come around the screens and shoot and shoot jumpers, uh, you know, being able to come to, to help spread the floor off the ball. That's where D.J. Augustin is successful. After the All-Star break, when the pace started to pick up, Augustin began to struggle. 17.2 minutes per game, averaged 6.4 points per game, dished out 1.9 assists per game, shot 33.3% from the floor and 29.3% from beyond the arc. Some of that may very well have been that the Magic's bench unit was very bad. That, that it wasn't a good unit. But it definitely felt like Augustin is no longer the right fit for this kind of a team. It, it felt in some ways that the Magic signed Augustin when they were planning to go big. And then when they decided not to go big anymore, it was, what do you do with Augustin? Like Fournier, he signed a four-year deal. So the Magic might be stuck with him for a little while longer. And he's a good enough backup that, you know, you give him a chance to to take reserve role. And he's a veteran. And I think for whatever young point, if the Magic do draft a point guard, having him around to help a young point guard is going to be good. And he has that familiarity with Frank Vogel, which I think helps as well too. But the Magic need a better version of DJ Augustin. They need a DJ Augustin that's making three-pointers, that's creating shot opportunities for others, that's getting into the lane. And far too often, he wasn't doing that. Certainly wasn't doing that at the rate that he was giving up shots on the other end. Like everyone else, Augustin had his moments. He's extremely streaky, and he can hit shots and get hot. But he can also struggle at times. And he had plenty of struggles this past season. It was not a great first year of a new contract with a new team for DJ Augustin. And I think it's still it's still going to be very interesting to see if the Magic try and go in a different direction or how they handle the point guard situation in total. So it's not just DJ Augustin, of course, that's in question. It's also Alfred Payton. And I think we all kind of recognize CJ Watson's probably gone. It's going to be interesting to see how the Magic handle this moving, how the Magic handle him moving forward. And, and I think that'll be uh, that'll be one of the big storylines throughout the summer as the Magic try to remake this roster because Augustine's probably one of the contracts they're going to look to move. And, you know, who knows what you're going to get for him. You probably have to take a bad contract back in return. 
but maybe it'll be someone that fits a little bit better. So we'll see what happens there. All right, before we close out today's show, went kind of quick today. Before we close out today's show, let's do our hashtag one lottery per day. Remember, you can send me your one lottery per day. Simulate your lotteries just once. Don't do it until the magic win. That's cheating. Do it just once. Send me your one lottery per day on Twitter at LockedOnMagic or, uh, or at OmagicDaily. Use the hashtag one lottery per day. We are 13 days away from the NBA draft lottery, so get excited. Let's sim today's lottery. Thanks to our friends over at Tankathon. And I'm not going to complain about this one, although I think a lot of people will not like who won. For the fifth time, the leaders in the leaders in the clubhouse here, we've done this now for nearly three weeks. The Los Angeles Lakers win the NBA draft lottery for the fifth time. Running in second place is the Orlando Magic at four. So good news for the Magic. Also good news for the fourth time, the Magic land the second pick in the NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers third. So that's Lakers, Magic, Sixers, your Hashtag one lottery per day. Orlando gets the second pick for the fourth time since we started this uh, at the after the season ended. The Lakers get the first pick for the fifth for the one lottery per day leading fifth time, and the Magic do not get the Lakers pick for the tenth time in seventeen tries here on one lottery per day. Remember, you can send me your hashtag one lottery per day on Twitter at Locked on Magic or at Omagic Daily. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic as well. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Omagic Daily as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to follow us online at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And for the latest around the NBA, I highly encourage you to download some of the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lots of great playoff action going on. And the best place to get your breakdown is from the source itself, from the people covering the teams day-to-day on podcasts just like this one. Just go onto iTunes or Audioboom and search Locked On and enter the team you're looking for. So if you're looking for a complete breakdown of Isaiah Thomas's incredible game two performance last night, check out Locked On Celtics. John Corrales, Jay King do a fantastic job covering the Celtics. If you're looking for a recap of the Warriors win, check out Locked On Warriors. If you're looking to get ready for the Cavaliers game against the Toronto Raptors, you can check out Locked On Cavs. Uh, with I believe Chris Manning does that. Or Locked On Raptors with Sean Woodley. He does a fantastic job covering the Toronto Raptors. So be sure to check those check out those podcasts. Well, the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, including the NFL, as I'm sure they're still deconstructing the NFL draft. A good draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm just going off the headlines I read. Uh, so check out those great podcasts as well. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. We'll see you all for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. 
Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.